Hello, and welcome to the IMG Podcast, where we are dedicated to empowering IMGs through deep diving conversations, inspirational stories, analysis of match trends, and beyond. Our mission is to help you learn what it takes to succeed and to thrive as an international medical graduate. Hello, friends and residency candidates, and welcome to today's discussion, where I have the pleasure of speaking with Monica about some issues and difficulties that she faced during the application process, especially with the ECFMG. So we're going to chat about that today just to let everybody know a little bit more about what to look out for, what might happen, and ways to really be prepared in advance as much as possible. So hello, and thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Seth. Thank you for having me. And hi, everybody. Hope all of you are looking forward for the match this year and are very excited for this uh, timeline. <laughs> yeah. Every year brings new excitement and new challenges and changes to the process. And, you know, in the last few years, we've seen a lot happening with the ECFMG with um, you know, step two CS being canceled and then replacing that with the pathways for certification. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about, you know, where you went to medical school and your application process? Uh, so, yes. So I'm original from Puerto Rico, but I went to study my first year of medical school. I did it in UHSA, that's uh, in Antigua, and then I did a transfer to Universidad Autónoma de Guadalajara, where I finished my medical school there, and I graduated in December of 2020, and I began the process right around that September of 2020, uh, preparing for the match, my first match cycle, <laughs> and uh, up, up until now, right, I'm still trying to get a residency spot, <laughs> but yes, it's been quite a rise, especially because when I was getting ready to apply that year in 2020, the USMLE Step 2 CS got canceled. And it, the funny thing is that my exam got canceled like when it when it completely officially got disqualified that they were not going to use it anymore my exam was the next week <laughs> so just i almost had to take it and after oh, that you know oh sorry <laughs> oh i was just gonna say strike one for you know poor timing yeah <laughs> i mean and everything was the chaos you know trying to adjust to everything especially with covid and you know what was going on although the rotations were getting canceled. They were not letting anybody do anything. And then that was the first year that the CFMG was trying to see what to do so we can get basically certified that we know how to speak English and communicate well with the patients. And they came out with the OET. And that is, since it was the first year implementing it, OET was only given in five states, if I'm not mistaken. So it was similar to CS and the point that only certain states were, were giving it and you had to travel for it. And yeah, yeah I had to travel to Portland to take that test. Uh, it was a four-part four test. And it's basically like basic knowledge just to see if you 
know how to speak English and you can communicate well. And then after that, they started the implementation of the pathways. Uh, so in December, when I graduated, my school was supposed to send some documentation well, stating, you know, my translation of the title and everything since it was in Mexico and it was in Spanish. And they took so much time. And the ECFMG, on the other hand, wasn't answering because, again, all everything that was going on with COVID, they were having a lot of we were having a lot of trouble communicating with the ECFMG. No matter how many times you called, like the record machine will pick up immediately saying that try to call again later. And it was impossible to get them by email. I mean, it was very very rough times there. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be frustrating. Yeah. And, and then unfortunately, when I was able to get a hold of my school was when I received the email saying that I was uh, withdrawn from the match because I didn't meet the basically saying that I haven't taken there was no proof that I had taken USMA step one, two, and the OET and all that stuff when I, in fact, had everything. It's just poor communication from my school and the part of the UCFMG. And that was the first time. <laughs> and then after that, I, you know, I didn't get discouraged or anything. I just right ahead went and started getting ready for the next cycle that it was 20... That was last year. I'm sorry. The years are a little bit confusing. <laughs> yeah. So last application cycle, the 2021 through 2022. Correct. <laughs> so this time, uh, I know that ECFMG opened up the pathways on April 27th. That same day, I went ahead and, you know, uh, pay for the pathways. And I, I, I was going to make sure everything was ready. <laughs> every paper and documentation that it was needed to be there on time. And it took me the whole, that whole semester from August, 2021 to basically the match day 2022 for, to get a reply and a response from the ECFNG stating, uh, cause I was getting a little bit desperate cause I was not understanding why everybody got their, ECFMG certification so soon in around like two weeks and mine was taking so long and again I was I wasn't able to get a hold of anybody until I made a post on Twitter saying that how is it possible that I've been calling for months emailing for months and I'm just asking a simple question and they couldn't get a get back to me and that's when they called me the next day <laughs> yeah leave it to yeah calling them out on social media for them to actually <laughs> care enough. yeah okay i was like it and you know it was kind of funny because they called saying that oh i heard you were trying to get a hold of us i was like you heard <laughs> 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 and you know and that's what got like the everything rolling but it still took months for them to give me a final answer and decision and still, I wasn't understanding because, you know, I graduated from medical school and they were saying something about not meeting the transfer requirements 
policy they had that I didn't know. That was what they told me once they sent me the email saying I didn't qualify for the ECFMG. So they were like trying to investigate before making a decision to see if I had taken some classes. And, you know, my school did send them my transcripts. They sent them a letter saying, you know, she has everything. She has passed everything. She has excellent grades and everything. But it just wasn't enough for the UCFMG. And on a f- that Friday for March 2022, before the match day on Monday, uh, I got the email saying that, uh, unfortunately, I didn't qualify for the UCFMG certification. And my only other option was to appeal and write a letter so they can present it to the committee to see what were they going to do with, and if they were going to grant me the ECFMG certification. That's got to be pretty heartbreaking right before match week. Oh, yes. You know, and what made a little bit, everything a little bit harder is, you know, I was applying to anesthesiology and it is becoming a very competitive specialty in these last couple of years. So I was already like a little bit bummed out because I wasn't getting a lot of interviews. Fortunately, I did get some, but I was like bummed out with that. And then the ECFNG on the other hand, too. <laughs> it's It's been quite a ride. <laughs> yeah. So what did you do after you got that email stating that you weren't eligible for certification? So after I got that email, and you know, I, I cried first. <laughs> Cause that meant that, um, that meant that no program was gonna rank me. Cause, right, um, on my side, it just said on the ERAS application said that I wasn't verified yet. So I don't know how it showed to the programs on the other side, but I'm guessing it's the same. So I was still hanging in there to hope that one of the programs ranked me, even though I didn't have it. You know, given given it the the benefit of the doubt that I will get the ECFNG certification by July, but unfortunately that was not the case. So I went up match. I, I did my best, uh, prepare for swap. And one of my friends from Twitter, <laughs> Grace, she helped me get through that week without her help. I wouldn't be able to, you know, submit applications because I was a little bit of a mess. <laughs> With the ECFMG certification email, you know, well, basically they were saying that I wasn't going to be able to practice medicine because without that, I cannot do residency. And they were saying you basically weren't going to be eligible regardless like of what you submitted. So basically their final decision was I'm not eligible for the ECF. I don't meet the requirements. And it was because of that transfer. They just even though they gave proof and everything, unfortunately, there it was a policy they had that I guess my school didn't notice it. I didn't see it on their webpage. I mean, it was a really big miscommunication of everything. And yeah, so yeah, it was like, like the only option they gave me was to apply for a exception of that policy. 
And, you know, since it was my only, only shot of being able to get that certification, I said, well, I'm going to have to get a lawyer because I don't know in what format am I supposed to send this? How long the letter has to be? What do, what are the facts they're at? Like they want. So I did a, a really deep search on the internet. I mean, there are not a lot of lawyers out there that work with the ECFMG. I think there's like around five around the whole nation. <laughs> and I was able to get one and he helped me. And thankfully I got it approved the same day they discussed the case. He made a statement that I guess convinced them <laughs> and I was approved in the certification. And now I have it. <laughs> and his name is Dennis. If anybody needs one, I hope, hopefully not. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. So do you think that he was able to basically tell them something that they had missed before or just convince them that everything you had was, you know, in alignment with their requirements or that they should just make an exception to the, the rule that originally was preventing you from getting the certification? So he basically gathered everything that my school had already sent, everything I had already sent to the ECFMG. And he just made a letter and made it a story. And he just uh, told my story there in the, in the committee in, in the letter, sorry. And then they discussed it over there in the committee. And I'm guessing the way he wrote, I mean, I, I have a copy of it and it's, it's stating the truth, you know, saying that honestly, it, it wasn't my fault because I didn't know. <laughs> and, you know, my school accepted my, my transfer credits, meaning I was trusting my institution that they're following the, the ECFMG policies, you know, like um, I'm the first one um, of my family to go into medicine. So I'm not aware of everything. I'm learning all of this as I'm going through, through this. So, and basically, you know, I was just being completely honest saying that, yeah, um, there was the policy. I didn't see it. I wasn't aware of it. And I, you know, I admitted it's should have known of it. Uh, but, you know, my school as well accepted my my transfer credits and everything went well. I mean, they didn't tell me anything. So I was just in my institution. You know, if I knew something was wrong, I would have done it or I would have tried ways to get it fixed immediately. So what was the issue with the transfer? So basically, uh so it was something about the grading system. So the minimum to pass a class in Guadalajara was to pass the block was 60. But in my previous medical school, it was 70. So basically, under their eyes, I didn't pass that class. But under the grading system of Guadalajara, I did. And the policy was like all of all of the transfer credit you have, you might have passed it all on the medical school you're transferring from. So basically, Guadalajara wasn't supposed to accredit that class. They were supposed to make me like take a test or or repeat the course or something like that. But I mean, I already I had 
you know, they evaluated and they saw my test and, you know, it would, I, you know, I passed it. <laughs> right. It's just, it was not 70. <laughs> Do you have any idea why it took the ECFMG up to the Friday before match week to actually get back to you about, you know, the status of your certification? I honestly don't know. I really wish I knew. <laughs> I mean, if, if they would have done it a little bit quicker, I maybe probably would fix that before match day and probably had a better chance of matching. <laughs> but that's what honestly um, had me very, very upset because they waited till last minute to let me know. <laughs> yeah, so now you are certified, right? Yes, correct. I am now certified. <laughs> well, we're very happy to hear that. And do you know what your next steps are going to be? So uh, since this is my second year going on match, it, it, it affected me a little bit more than I thought it would. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, uh, I am for sure not applying to anesthesia. I've decided that I will apply this year and I will be applying to family medicine and internal medicine. But I haven't, I don't have a targeted plan yet, but I know those are the steps forward that I'm going to take right now. <laughs> yeah, well, as they say, third time's the charm, hopefully. And, you know, now that you're certified, you know, before you're even applying, there's no way that they can change that. Uh, yeah. You in a very untimely manner so yeah yeah what if anything do you think you could have done differently you know in hindsight throughout this process like do you think there's any way to get a hold of the ecfmg quicker i know you, you know you um posted to twitter you know is that something that you would <laughs> have done earlier if you knew it was actually going to get their attention yes definitely if i knew that was going to get their attention i would have done it like two weeks of them not answering <laughs> I mean, I was really honestly surprised. <laughs> That's the yeah, only were thing. You, <laughs> were you expecting a response or, were you, you know, when you posted that, was it just more so to like kind of, you know, let other people know what's going on and or did you think that they actually see it? Uh, no, I actually didn't think they were going to see it. Uh, I honestly just posted it because I was so frustrated and I just wanted to like let it out of my system saying how is this possible like what am I doing wrong like why do I have so like bad luck <laughs> like why like and then they called me like I, I honestly I was really so surprised <laughs> well we're very happy that it actually led to a conversation with them and still didn't get back to you quite uh quick enough to make a you know, impact for that season. Yeah. But we're glad that, you know, you had a lawyer that was able to really help paint oh, your story. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. Get it through to the committee and make sure that you're certified and everything. So would you have any advice for people that are getting ready to go through the match cycle for the first time? Uh, yes. And especially for all my INGs, let's try to be on top of the paperwork, especially after COVID, you know, everything gets delayed sometimes they don't get there it's just be there's never uh it's never way too early to start because i know some people like start trying to get 
things like sort of started around second going into third year and people make fun of them I'm like there's no like I would have done it you know if I knew everything all of this was gonna happen I would have started since first year (laughs) I mean you know it's it's never too early to start it's better to have everything on hand and always have copy and receipt of everything (laughs) and that is always helpful and you never know when you might need it (laughs) wonderful well we wish you all the best luck and we know you that you're capable and deserving of getting a great position and we're excited to be able to support you throughout that process and i'm sure many people will be able to keep learning from you um, as an ambassador and yeah, we just wish you all the best and thanks for taking the time today to share your experiences. I know that it was probably very emotionally taxing and um, I applaud you for having resilience and getting through it. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm always happy to help as however, however I can. And thank you for having me today. All right, dear friends, that concludes this episode of the IMG podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and will tune in for upcoming releases. You can learn more by visiting Match Resident on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Thank you. And until next time, take care.